Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. A list of the worst movies of 2020 include uh, The Witches. Okay. The Ben Affleck, Anne Hathaway flick, The Last Thing He Wanted. Uh, Capone. I understand even the uh, prequel to the Sopranos movie, which I was really looking forward to. The uh, prequel to uh, to the show uh, where it shows uh, young Tony Soprano growing up. So this is the worst these movies? Are, yeah, these are supposedly the worst movies of the year. And this is, I guess, from critics, not necessarily from right. like numbers, because yeah. who the heck could show those now? That's right. It doesn't show like if it's Rotten Tomatoes or who it's coming from. But uh, yeah, that's a bit of a drag. I was really looking forward to seeing it. I mean, I never really let... Uh, the uh, critics or anybody who says something's uh, crappy or whatever, I, I still watch it if I want to see it. Right, because, yeah. You know, different tastes and all of that. George Foreman was so excited by Mike Tyson's performance last week that he could see himself backing Tyson against some of today's young boxing stars. He thinks Tyson could even make a title run. Really? Yeah. I watched the fight. Did you? I, uh, well, not live. Mm. Wasn't paying 50 bucks for it. No, right. Uh, but I caught it afterwards. Uh, and uh, listen, I'm, there's no way you're getting me into a ring with Mike Tyson. No. And he, and he, well, he was in great shape. And we've seen what his tour, his regimen, training regimen mm. was. I guess he said up until last year he wasn't doing that. Uh, and it was getting him into problems in, mm. in his life. And he needs that direction, that focus of boxing. Uh, and he's an absolute weapon. In the ring, but what they did was, you know, eight two-minute rounds. Mm. There's no way he's ready to go three-minute rounds with a guy half his age or less and do it for, for twelve or fifteen rounds. I, I I just don't see that happening. I wouldn't want to get in the ring with him. I wouldn't even want to interview him because you just never know the Mike Tyson you're going to get. Right. You know, it was funny after the fight he was you know lighthearted and having some fun with it, but then you saw how he tore into that poor guy at City TV when he was here in Toronto uh, promoting something, <laughs> and he kept calling him and bleeping a this and a bleeping a right. that. And yeah. There, yeah. Somewhere deep inside, there's still the guy who's going to bite off your ear yeah. or eat your children. <laughs> right. Like right. it's. You're never sure when it comes to my. Listen, I like George Foreman. He yeah. knows he knows boxing and he knows grilling. Yeah, but <laughs> I I don't know about that. Um, Warner Brothers is putting together its entire slate of films for 2021 on HBO Max the same day they hit the theaters. That's got to upset you'd think some theater companies. Wow. There will be uh, they'll all be there at no extra charge and they'll only be there for 31 days. The movies include Godzilla vs. Kong, The Matrix 4, The Suicide Squad, Dune, and Space Jam, A New Legacy. Well, I understand it. I don't understand not an extra cost. Right. I mean, you're already subscribing. I get it. But you would think in order to appease the theater companies, mm. you'd say, okay, well, we'll do this, but we'll charge 30 bucks for it or something like that, right? I don't know who owns HBO. I'm going to assume, uh, oh, it's Time, oh, it's Time Warner. Right. That is, so this makes perfect sense because they probably see the future is all in streaming. Yeah. And they got this new service in HBO Max, so they figure, well, we'll offer it up to people, no extra charge. Hopefully people will buy for the streaming service itself. Yeah, but I know, you know, a lot of the movie uh, company, Universal, Paramount, that kind of thing, they, you know, they have agreements with the theaters. Mm. That, you know, in order to do this would really, you know, I understand for the big blockbusters, I'd rather see it in the theater. Sure. And, and most people, I think the theater goers will. This mm -hmm. won't, 
this won't prevent them. I don't think I'm going to run out and get an HBO Max subscription to see new movies. Uh, but, you know, you know me, I never watch a new movie anyway. <laughs> Kicking and Screaming is the last <laughs> film you saw in the theater, so. Yeah, but That's it, not a joke, by the way. <laughs> no, I think, no, 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 I'm all right. Jumanji, I'm more up to date oh, than right. that. Yeah, right, that's true. I had to take the kids. Right. But, and listen, if I didn't have the kids, I probably wouldn't have been doing theater in a long time. <laughs> but that, you know, I, I understand if they said, listen, okay, we're going to put it out in the theaters, uh, and you can go see it there, or if you want it, really want to see it from home, you're going to have to pay extra for right. it. But to do it without an extra fee, other than their subscription, I don't get it. Some people are saying James Corden stole carpool karaoke from Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle can't get a break. No. He's got... Uh, <laughs> not getting paid for anything. No, everybody's taking something <laughs> from the poor man. Dr. Tony Stone, Chief of Staff, Lake Ridge Health on the line. Good morning, doctor. Good morning, gents. How are you? Uh, very good, thank you. And I think uh, everyone uh, hotly anticipating... This vaccine news, and uh, should we find out more today about uh, delivery options and, and when we can get it? You, doctor, are probably going to have bruises from the amount of times Craig Venn drops your name to try and get his, <laughs> himself up higher on the list <laughs> to have this thing yeah. uh, delivered. But uh, it, it doesn't yeah. work? No, it doesn't work all well. That's that's that idea out the window. <laughs> Yeah, so um, yeah, I know they're announcing the task force today. What I uh, and I'm not sure what um, what target they said. What I heard before was they were setting a target at the end of this month to tell us uh, how the whole rollout would work. And you know, supposedly what will happen is we'll be able to vaccinate three million Canadians between January and March. I guess we'll see if that happens the way it's supposed to. Do you think, doctor, uh, much like the flu shot, I know this is early days and we don't know, but will it will it uh, at some point be something that's available at all pharmacies, or do you think, like, out of the gate it'll be just probably in your doctor's office in select locations? Yeah, I, uh, we're waiting to find that out. I mean, ultimately, as you know, most vaccines will be delivered in one of those two locations, but it depends on the vaccine type. Mm. Uh, you know, I think we talked before about the fact that these messenger RNA vaccines are stored at ultra-cold temperatures. So I don't know, um, you know, we've already seen like in the UK how they're trying to sort out how to distribute those. You know, once the other vac- the, the other more traditional vaccines like the AstraZeneca and stuff come out, we'll see, we'll see a, a more usual distribution. So I, I don't know yet um, what the plan is for distribution of these ultra-cold ones. You know, we've seen that the Pfizer... Once you take it out of those temperatures, I think it's good for like five days stored in uh, commercial freezers. And uh, the Moderna, much better, I think it's up to 30 days. So so uh, we're all um, waiting just as you are to see what the strategy is for distribution. Doctor, it's what, nine, ten months into this now. And, uh, and COVID fatigue has certainly been a problem. And uh, there are a lot of who are tired of talking about it, tired of hearing about it, uh, and uh, and questioning a lot of things when it comes to the testing, whether or not our numbers are right with the tests being done, uh, uh, the percentages, are they correct, and are there such things as false positives? What have we learned more about testing now? Well, so the the, the standard testing, with the, it's called the PCR testing, you know, uh, with the nasal swab, is um, pretty accurate. So it, it, it runs uh, at, I think, over 90% in terms of sensitivity. So picking it, picking up the infection when it's there. And almost, uh, like 99%, over 99% uh, when it's negative in being a true negative. Wow. So the test is pretty good that way. The, you know, I think what the, the issue that we have here in Durham and maybe in some other places 
is this. We want people to get tested um, early when they get symptoms. So we, we're collecting our own data because we're running these assessment centers across Durham. And what we found is that the average length of time between symptom onset and registering for the test is somewhere between three and four days. What we'd, what we'd really like is for folks to register, you know, within a day of symptoms. And remember, you know, people with moderate or severe symptoms, I think that that's pretty straightforward. Everybody wants to test. It's folks with mild symptoms that we really want to capture. So you have mild symptoms, go and register within a day because we know um, like right now our wait times are such that if you register, you'll get your test same day or next day. So we really want people to get tested early. You know, one of the challenges with this virus is that you're shedding virus two days before any symptoms and then for about about maybe four or five days after. So the sooner we can get testing done, the better. Okay, doctor, then let's clarify then. If a, a severe symptom would be, uh, I, I guess, fever, uh, loss of taste, loss of smell, it is a, is a, a runny nose in, in winter enough of a, 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 a small symptom to get tested now? Yeah, so let me, there's where there's a lot of confusion around this. You, I, I think everyone has heard about fever, cough, shortness of breath as the sort of the cardinal symptoms. But we know that this virus um, in, in mild cases can look exactly like the common cold. So so you can't distinguish it. You got to do it by, by a test. And, um, and what's happened is, as you know, that in kids, um, basically the advice that we've been given is if, there's, if they have the sniffle, watch them for a day. But even in kids, if their symptoms are per, uh, persist or they have, you know, let's say running nose and cough, they still need to be tested because if you look at the positivity rate in kids and teens, it's it's right up there. Um, so so that's the trick is that if you have what you think is, is uh, symptoms of a common cold, we actually want you to get tested too. And, you know, doctor, I think one of the problems that we're having, again, with the fatigue of it all, and we said this, I think, from the beginning, in that there, there's, for some, this embarrassment uh, to it all, in that if they found out they had it, they feel some shame, they don't want to admit they have it, and now it kind of sends their life into a little bit of turmoil because they got to quarantine for two weeks. So I'll bet you there's a lot of people roaming around who kind of feel like they got something, but they're like, ah, I'm young or I don't have any other uh, underlying health issues, so I'm just going to wear my mask and roam around and try to ride this out so it doesn't affect my life too much. I think there's a ton of people out there like that. Yeah, I, you know, I um, I don't know how exactly we'll conquer that. I can understand um, the concern. You know, if you look at the positivity rate in Ontario, and I'll talk about Durham because the positivity rate in Durham is running between three and four percent of all the all the tests we're doing. Uh, and we also know that uh, that there's a large number of folks where when they do the contact tracing, they don't know where it came from. So that means that virus is circulating. You know, we all got to live our lives, and so. Um, uh, from a blame point of view or an embarrassment point of view, don't be because because the virus is circulating in the community and we don't know exactly where it is. I do understand, you know, the worry about um, the isolation. All I can say is, you know, the, the big problem is that when we don't do the isolation, if we have COVID, then that's where we start to run into bigger problem with this virus taking off. I, I just don't know what to say about that one, guys. Mm. 
I know. It's it's just tougher and tougher, I think, as time goes on. And Dr. Stone, yesterday, uh, I don't know if you saw it, the, the Premier of Manitoba gave an emotional uh, uh, speech uh, on an update on coronavirus, talking about the holidays and how to spend it with family and basically saying, cancel your plans and, and he'll take the blame as the Grinch who stole Christmas because uh, the, uh, the, the the rate, positivity rate there is soaring, cases are soaring, and they're telling people uh, in the entire province of Manitoba to, to lock down. A big question coming up here with the holidays and how do we spend it with family? Yeah. So I think um, uh, the data shows that um, through Thanksgiving, we experienced a spike in uh, COVID after Thanksgiving. Uh, I, I think we're all expecting the same kind of thing through Christmas. So, you know, the ideal situation is we're all interacting, you know, outside of our own household, we're interacting through Zoom with all of our extended family, all of our friends. Uh, that should be that would be ideal. Now, if you look at, at the current rules, um, it certainly still enables us to um, to have these small social gatherings. And what I would say to everybody is, if you're going to do that, so Zoom is best. But if you're going to get together with anybody, extended family and friends, the key is to really make sure that you employ all the same safety measures. With the assumption, because the virus is circulating in the community and people um, people have no symptoms whatsoever, they're healthy when they first get the virus, assume that whoever you're interacting with has the virus. So how would you behave? You know, if you're going to be if you're going to be around them, you're going to be staying six feet apart, and you're going to have a high quality mask on and high hand hygiene. So I'm going to say that ideal is the um, is the thing that you heard from the premier of Manitoba. It's it's the, the thing you hear from all of the experts. If you're going to interact with anybody, then really it's about then assume that they could have the virus or you could have and neither one of you has symptoms yet. Okay, and finally, back to the vaccine, doctor, when it does get rolled out, because we're talking about uh, early December, at least when they're, you're going to start getting your hands on it, and then we'll figure out uh, who's going to get it and, and all of that. For those who are still concerned and nobody's going to be forced to take it, how many, though, numbers-wise, would you like to see in Durham? Would it, 70% of people take it, 80%? Right, so so um, people have heard this this concept of herd immunity, and herd immunity means that there's enough people in the community that are immune to the virus that uh, it breaks the, tra- the chain of transmission. So the estimates for this virus are that 70% of the, of the community has to be immune. Uh, now, if the, if the vaccine effectiveness is, let's say, between 90 and 95%, it really means that you need probably at least 80% of the community vaccinated uh, against the virus. So I, the, the thing that we have to sort through is this issue of vaccine hesitancy. Okay. It's, it's a, a big issue in Western democracies in North America and Europe. And, you know, so often what we see is that 60% of the population says, yep, I'm getting the vaccine. But another another 30 or 35 percent are are not sure. They're undecided. I think what's important is to talk it over with your health provider. Um, what's so important in dealing with vaccine hesitancy isn't to criticize folks because they're not sure. It's to give them good information. Mm. Tell them all the, the information we know. Tell them all the pros, all the cons. Uh, just be straight up because I think that actually helps people in their decision. We know for, you know, I mean, if you look at the technology of these vaccines, um, common side effects with the two that are coming out first is you get you can get a sore arm, you can get fever and chills for a day. All that actually demonstrates that you are appropriately, your, your immune system is appropriately reacting oh, okay. to the vaccine. That's yeah, good, but, it, but, act, but there has been, 
Yeah, but there has been no major negative effects. So that's good. And there's been over 70,000 people who've been tested. But the thing that we have to get 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 going quickly is you'll, you might know that um, it's only been tested in folks that are 12 and over. So we got to get um, kids, we got to get studies going in kids because the first tranche will be all adults and um, and teens, uh, but we, we need to study this vaccine uh, in kids too. Very good, doctor. As I understand at this point, of course, it'll be seniors first and then healthcare workers, frontline workers. And if we could get anybody named Craig high on that list, <laughs> that, that, that would be terrific, I think. I think it's fun for a lucky as well. Right, yes. Of course, there's always going to be a spot for lucky. He'll get ahead of me for crying out loud. All righty, doctor, thank you so much for your time, as always. Uh, my pleasure, guys. There Take he is. Care. Thank you. Take care of you as well. Uh, Dr. Tony Stone, Chief of Staff, Lake Ridge Health. Well, with us all uh, staying home for a good chunk of the year, many of us uh, not going into the office or workplace as much as we normally would, we spend a lot of time at home either watching TV and snacking or sleeping. And uh, one of the uh, favorite snacks, it seems, is uh, ice cream. And Haagen-Dazs just released its uh, best-selling flavors of 2020. The most popular ice cream is... Vanilla. <laughs> really? We are so boring <laughs> and lame. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Chocolate didn't even make the top five. Really? Yeah. The coffee? Their, their coffee Coffee's ice cream number is two. so good. Coffee, strawberry. It's funny that you like that, but you won't drink coffee. I don't that's... know that I've ever even tried it. Coffee, Haagen-Dazs ice cream. And, and that's my complaint about coffee is it doesn't taste enough like coffee ice cream. What are you, 12? Uh, maybe. Uh, strawberry comes in second, which is weird really? because, you know, when you have the Napoleon, nobody touches Yeah, Neapolitan, nobody touches the strawberry. Yeah. I don't like the strawberry even touching the vanilla. No. Butter pecan. And uh, milk chocolate covered with almonds. Okay. I was always a pralines and cream guy. Always loved the pralines and cream. Really? Yeah. No, I, I see. I like my mochas, like a jamocha. Yeah, big fan of that. Um, I, Adrian just picked up some, like uh, it's like a peppermint uh, flavored uh, ice cream bar, right? Like take, take your normal ice cream sandwich, mm -hmm. and they, they this one's got like a like mint ice cream mm. with like a little peppermint flake or something in there, like a, it's almost like a candy cane piece. It's delicious. Mm. Or why she brought them into the house, especially this early in the season. <laughs> <laughs> Be tearing through boxes of these things. You're going to need the road to uh, 200. Right. Well, it's being significantly cut down now for the fact that my freezer still isn't working. Oh, what happened with that guy? I don't know. He came in. Now it's working worse than it was before. Oh, I think you, I think you found a guy who doesn't know anything about fridges. I could probably come and fix the fridge better than this guy. I don't know about that. I mean, I, I, mind you, if I put warming beer in it, you'd probably fix it faster than anyone. Listen, we know people. You make a call, you can have a new fridge in there, and you don't make payments till probably 2024. Right. I say you just get yourself a new fridge and call it a day. I really like my fridge. <clears throat> yeah, I'm sure there's another fridge out there. <laughs> this is probably... I've never heard yeah. that saying that someone's so attached to their fridge. <laughs> no, I just don't want to go through all the hassle of emptying it. I'd rather just come in and fix it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got a lot of stuff. You don't, guys, uh, you don't go through and uh, clear it out? No. No. Is oh, it, no. Is it just rammed? Is it one of those fridges rammed full of stuff? Not rammed. I mean, it cleared out every now and then. You got to wait for green bin day to do that, right? Right. right. But, um, but, yeah, every now and then I'll come across a sauce in the back that's like, oh, wow, <laughs> I forgot about this stuff.
<laughs> and it's growing a different color. That's right. Could be cheese whiz, could be tomato sauce. We don't know. <laughs> Just boil it down. It'll be fine. Sure. I got a buddy like that. He's got a uh, stand-up freezer in his basement, and you open the doors to this freezer, and it is just stocked from the top to the bottom with every conceivable frozen food item available to mankind. And they keep going to the grocery store every day. Well, yeah, and I considered buying a stand-up freezer because we have a little chest one. Yeah. And we got it, I think, just when we had the kids because mm. that's when, you know, when you're just a couple, you mm. don't have enough mm. stuff uh, to fill it. Uh, but the problem with the chest freezer is, you know, you open it and it's like a treasure hunt mm-hmm. to find anything yeah. in the bloody thing. Well, and if you're, and if you're, you know, kind of pondering dinner at three or four in the afternoon, you can't necessarily go into the freezer and grab out that frozen chicken because right. it takes six hours to thaw out. So you just end up going and buying fresh and you never use the stuff that's in the freezer. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I've always found a freezer to be a, a complete waste of time and energy. Well, it's good for the bodies, though. Yeah, true. Right. You got to store them somewhere. Which country in the world do you think drinks the most coffee? Wow. Uh, drinks the most coffee? Yeah. Uh, like, uh, well, there'd be Colombia. That's what I thought, Colombia. I know they grow a lot yeah. of it there. It was Juan Valdez territory. That's right. Uh, Italy, I think, drinks a lot of coffee. They do enjoy their espresso. Um, there's a few Starbucks locations. I've seen a few Tim Hortons in Canada. Yeah, you'd think we'd be on that list pretty high up, but uh, Switzerland. Switzerland? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it goes good with the chocolate. Or maybe it's just freezing on the top of the mountain all the time. Cold. Yeah, them in Finland seem to be drinking the most coffee. So really? maybe it's got to do with the cold temperatures. Like, perhaps. how do they, like, like in total or per capita? Yeah, there's per not capita. a lot of people there. So per capita. Per capita. All yeah. right. Isaac Newton was the first person to recognize that the rainbow was divided into seven distinct colors. What, no one's talking? Was everyone colorblind before that? I don't know. They weren't looking up. (laughs) Don't look up. (laughs) What is this image in the sky I see? Mm -hmm. It's just blurry. A, A team in China built a new jet engine that could hit Mach 16. Or 16 times the speed of sound. Right. That's fast enough to go around the world in under two hours. Wow. Yeah. How much would a flight on that cost? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, a domestic flight in Canada is going to cost you $1,000 to get to one side of the country from the other. They talk about uh, you know super rails, and they have them in China, and, mm. and these uh, these trains, Bullet are going, trains. yeah, three and four hundred miles an hour. And the idea, that I know it's been uh, tossed around of having one from, like, say, Chicago right up through into Toronto, Montreal, and and the idea that you could like work in uh, Toronto and live in like Niagara Falls or Windsor, say, or something, wherever the train was set up to go, be there in an hour. Yeah, you get up in the morning and you go. You know, I'm going to work, honey. And uh, what would normally take you three to four hours, you could be there in like 45 minutes. We'd screw it up, though. Like, we totally would, right? Like, we'd have too many stops along the way. <laughs> you get going, you're finally going to get going to 300, and you got to stop in like Coburg. Right. <laughs> <laughs> One guy gets on. <laughs> Why the hell we stop? It's a bullet train. That's right. Yeah, no, for we'd sure. We'd find a way to mess it up. It better be express. And uh, speaking of uh, things going quickly, did you know, Lucky, that when you break wind, it travels out of you at about 10 feet per second. That's about seven miles an hour. Really? Yes, sir. You don't want to get hit by that.
There's a woman in Dallas who's opening the doors to her new business on Monday. Is her name Debbie? No. Oh, okay. Oh, I get it. Not so excited. Debbie in Dallas. I had a copy of that movie one time <laughs> on VHS. <laughs> um, she's opening the doors to her new business on Monday, and it's going to be a tickle bar. Okay. <laughs> it might be a Debbie. <laughs> it, might, it might very well turn into a Debbie. That's right. Uh, because of the pandemic, it'll be by appointment only. You show up, you get a glass of wine, and then you're escorted into one of the five Moroccan-style tickle tents. You can go shirt on or off. From there, you pick the tickling style you want. Hair play, back tickles, both. Foot play, oh. belly play. And you can pay for 25 to 50 minutes. Could you imagine being tickled for 25 to 50 minutes? Wow. I can't stand being tickled for five seconds. No. Why? Why? I don't know. I, do, I don't know. Is it a pleasure thing? It must be for some. It costs 40 bucks for the shorter version, 60 for the longer. Somehow this is legit, and yet prostitution isn't. <laughs> I just, I mean, is this, uh, is this a great business plan? Even pre-COVID, is this mm. a good business plan? I've never met anybody in my life, my time on this planet, who said they love to be tickled. Right. I mean, we try a tickle fight, but that's you know, basically to try and get it to lead to something more. Sure. I know there was those, uh, they were around for a little while, too, these these uh, these hug places where you right. could just go and get a hug. Just a cuddle. Yeah, a little cuddle time. I mean, I'd, I'd pay for a cuddle. <laughs> Who doesn't like a good cuddle? Right. But uh, Tickle Bar, no, not my thing. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.